Welcome to Inspiration to Publication with your host and award-winning editor, Caroline Smith. Now, here's Caroline. Happy spring. It's spring. The weather is changing. We are writing. We're working on books. We're doing all kinds of awesome stuff now that spring has come. And before we know it, it's going to be summer. Uh, so today, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode five of Inspiration Publication. Today's topic is read it raw. Isn't that fun? So today what we're going to be talking about is when should you be approaching a publisher or agent? When do you start to develop that relationship with them? This is another question that I get asked a lot. If you haven't been able to tell already. Um, <clears throat> what I'm focusing on in these first few episodes are questions that I get really frequently because I want to be able to give you that information and so you know and have those questions answered up front and then we can get into more of the detailed things that you may be concerned about as far as your particular manuscript is concerned. But when are you ready to publish? This comes up a lot at workshops that I do and conferences that I do. People always want to know when they need to start developing their relationship with a publisher or agent or when they should consider even self-publishing. And the answer is, it depends. Um, so you've listened to enough of my podcast episodes to know that almost every answer in publishing is dependent on something else. And so once again, the answer to this question is it depends. Mostly this is going to depend on the path that you take for publishing, self-traditional or independent or some variation therein. But it's also going to depend on the type of book that you're writing. If you're working on a nonfiction book, nonfiction, so this is something like a memoir or a business book or something along those lines, you really don't have to be finished with it by the time you approach a publisher or an agent. Even if you're working on fiction, you don't always have to be finished. That also depends on the publisher or agent. <laughs> they want usually, and this is pretty much the standard, they want to know that you at least have three chapters of content. Now that doesn't have to be three consecutive chapters of content. That could be a chapter one, chapter five, and the last chapter. It doesn't have to be three consecutive chapters unless they stipulate that it has to be three consecutive chapters. So do keep that in mind when you're looking at publishers and agents. You don't have to be completely finished with a book before you start soliciting. A lot of people like to be finished, and I will say that in fiction, I do highly recommend that you finish your book before you approach a publisher and agent, even if they don't require that. And the reason that I say that for fiction is because if you're a fiction writer, you'll understand when I tell you that your book can morph and change as you're writing. Even if you have an outline or a plan of where you want your plot to go, it often will change as you have ideas. And this is, of course, true for nonfiction as well. But when we start nonfiction, we usually have an outline. We have a table of contents. We know where we want to go with things. We have a, a really good understanding of what our audience is getting out of our book, and that's why we want to write it, right? With fiction, that's not always true. And I speak from experience. Um, I once heard one of my favorite authors say that her characters speak to her and she doesn't even really know where the book is going until it's happened. And I kind of thought, that's not true. That That's not real. Uh, that's silly. 
because I had always done academic writing and nonfiction writing, and I so I always knew where my writing was going. Then I wrote a fiction book. Actually, I've written several fiction books now, but um, I finished my first fiction and realized halfway through that my villain was no longer my villain. I didn't want that person to be my villain anymore. They kind of morphed into something else, and then my villain kind of leapt off the page at me. But that is not at all where I had intended to go with that book. So I say all of that to say that finish your fiction story because if it morphs and changes into something that you don't anticipate it becoming, then if you've queried agents and publishers, you're stuck in whatever you've told them it is. So just let it be, write your work of fiction. Now, often sending query letters and proposals to agents and publishers can get you inspired and keep you motivated to write, but then you're also kind of locked into a, oh, well, now they want my entire manuscript and I'm not finished yet. So there's lots of reasons that I say that if you're writing fiction, you should go ahead and finish that fictional work. On the other side of that, if you're doing nonfiction, it really is okay for you to not have finished it because sometimes what happens in nonfiction, and of course this depends on the publisher or agent that you're working with, let's say you're a subject matter expert in nutrition and you want your book to be about how food processes through the body. And the publisher that you're working with realizes that not only are you a a nutrition expert, you're also a yoga expert. And so they want you to combine those two things together and create a book that's yoga and nutrition for the body and how those two things work together. So when you have credentials and you're a subject matter expert, often your publisher is going to want to capitalize on that. So they may give you further direction as to what they would like to see the book become because it's going to be more marketable for them. And then you're not closed into something and you can, you know, kind of work and, and be more flexible in your writing. That's really important from a nonfiction perspective. Also, fiction books tend to ask for proposals, not always, but often. They ask for a proposal, which can be up to 50 pages, rather than a query letter, which is just a very short, succinct, this is my book, this is who I am, three paragraph letter that you're sending to an agent or a publisher. So keep that in mind too. Proposals are often way more involved because they want to know for nonfiction what your credentials are, what your background is, what have you written and published before, and it's okay if that's nothing, Um, and also what your competition is from a marketing perspective. I've written several proposals for authors, um, and they can get very, very long. It's almost like the most intense resume you've ever done um, just for a book proposal. And that, again, the information that they want will vary depending on the agent or publisher. Hay House, for instance, uh, one of the authors that I worked with did one for Hay House, and I think we ended up capping it off at like 35 pages once we had everything done. So they that can vary. So again, going back to this question of when are you ready to publish, you need to know this. And it seems like, where do I start with this process? I would say you need to understand what the publisher or agent that you're looking for, what do they want? How do you find out that information? Google is an excellent resource, but if you go into Google or any search engine and you say, agents in my area or agents, fiction agents, you're going to have so many results come back. So I really like this resource. And I talk about this in my inspiration to publication online course that I have. um, And I give a, a couple other resources. If you're looking for something that you can kind of go through, that's a physical thing and you can kind of check off and 
say, yep, I've sent them that, or yeah, I know what information they want from me, go to Jeff Herman's Guide. He does every year a book of editors, agents, and publishers, and it's an amazing resource. It's one of my favorites. There are several others. There's a writer's marketplace and a writer's guide, but Jeff Herman's guide is the most up-to-date information, aside from Google, um, that you can get that will streamline things for you. And it's not that expensive on Amazon. I will say I'm not getting, I don't have an affiliate link, so I'm not getting anything um, from recommending this to you. It really is just my favorite resource. It has, by genre, um, in fiction and nonfiction, and agents and editors and publishers, and it's really easy to go through. It also has great resources in the back for how to write a query letter. Um, It has some kind of things to keep in mind when you're writing. It's just a really great resource for authors. It's certainly not the end-all, be-all, but after 10 years of being in this industry, it is my favorite resource all-in-one resource for authors that I like to recommend. So you could have a different one, but this is just the one I recommend because it does give you background on the agents. There's paragraphs of information on what they're looking for. You don't want to submit, if you're doing women's lit, you don't want to submit to someone who only accepts spiritual manuscripts. That would be a really bad plan because that's an immediate rejection. So really go through Jeff Herman's guide or whatever agent you might be interested in and think about that. Another resource is other authors. You can use other authors and ask them who their agents are, how did they get their agent, and, and if you go to someone and you know they're an author and you ask who their agent is, then you could then have an in with that agent and say, I love so-and-so's books and we talked at a conference and she highly recommended you. And then you kind of have, you know, a little bit of an in with that agent rather than just you're another letter that's coming in. So anytime you can make that personal connection with an agent, definitely do that. Another way to do this is to go to writers' conferences. And I say this a lot and people look at me strangely. I think this isn't something that people do very often anymore, but writers' conferences are such a great way to network and meet people in this industry. And if you want to be in publishing as an author or an editor or anything like that, go to a writers' conference. Find out where writers' conferences are happening near you and go to them. Even if there are only 20 people, you never know who you're going to meet at a writers' conference. It could be a huge statewide writers' conference. It doesn't matter. Also, any kind of literary or book festival, go to those. There are always people at this in, in this industry at those events because we're networking and we're meeting people and we're looking for new books. And we're constantly trying to see who's there. So be sure you're going there making connections. And if you don't have a business card, you should get one that's only related to your book. Put a tagline on it. Do something so that if I meet you and your book makes an impression on me, but I get a business card and I don't really remember your name and it says something on there like you're an insurance agent, that is not going to click with me. So be sure that the information that you give me on your business card is relevant to who you are as an author. Now, if you're an insurance agent and you're doing a book that's nonfiction, obviously that'll be a pretty clear connection. But if you're not and you're doing something of fiction and I can't place you from Adam, then that's going to be challenging because I might want to reach out to you at some point and say, you know what? I remembered your book and we have a spot in our um, openings this year and I'd really like to fill you in there. Can you send me the first three chapters? 
But if I don't have your information or if it's scratched on a piece of paper or if it doesn't have anything related to the book that we talked about, I'm not going to remember it as easily. And I have stacks of business cards from these events that I go to. So make it easy for us to know who you are if you're going to these events. So again, ways to look for publishers and agents. Jeff Herman's Guide. Google, I'll toss that in there, but it's not my favorite resource. Writers' conferences, that's another one. And use other authors you know as a resource. Network. Any way you can network, you should be networking. Another, so, so that's the the kind of beginning. You need to begin with the end in mind, and that's such a cliche phrase, but you really do, as you're writing, you need to think about where you're going with this in terms of publishing. Now, if you're self-publishing or independently publishing, that's a little bit of a different story because you can find independent publishers. They're certainly not a dime a dozen. Good ones are a dime a dozen. Um, But you certainly can find independent publishers who are going to be willing to work with you. That really does need to be done, though, once you're done with your manuscript. Now, what does done mean? That's something that I want to talk to you about right now. So done in this context, I'm talking about after you've self-edited your book, You've gone through several drafts and you've made changes to each one of those drafts. Please don't submit or publish anything that you haven't gone back and self-edited. Your first draft is not the thing that needs to be published ever. Whether you traditionally, independently, or self-publish, do not ever publish your first draft. There's going to be things wrong with it. That's what the first draft is almost always crap. So don't hold yourself to this standard that your first draft needs to be perfect, that it's the end all be all. It is not. And if you aren't going through a drafting process, then I highly encourage you to because it is the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your growth as a writer to have a drafting process. And we'll talk about that in an upcoming podcast. So you need to have self-edited your work several times. And we're talking like, I don't know, I, I probably have seven drafts of the first book that I finished. Some of that is like after I had a beta reader go through it and then I made changes and then I sent it to another beta reader and that was a different draft. And, you know, you really need to have this kind of journey to cut things out, put things in, copy and paste, you know, all of that stuff. Your book should not just be a dump of information that you never look at ever again because nobody's going to want to read it, I promise. Um, so self-editing is hugely, hugely, hugely important. Even if you don't know how to edit, you need to at least be reading your book again and read it out loud to yourself if you need to, or read paragraphs that seem complicated. Sometimes I read things backwards in order to get a good sense of grammar for a a paragraph. Uh, that's a trick that I learned when I was learning how to become an editor. Um, but self-edit, self-edit, self-edit. Go through, even if you don't want anybody else to read it yet, go through and self-edit and make changes to your manuscript. I promise there will be changes that need to be made. Another kind of issue of being done is you need to have someone else read the manuscript. Now, I know this is a point of contention for a lot of authors, And I have had authors who have won competitions who have never had anyone else read their book. Actually, one of my favorite authors, um, Anne-Marie Robson, uh, was with me when I was at a different publishing company. And um, she had a great little cozy mystery that she wrote that she had never let anybody else read. And she just decided to submit it to the award that we were doing, a competition we were doing on a whim. And it was fantastic. And she won. And um, she has gone on to publish several more books after that, 
but she is certainly the exception and not the rule. I love her to death and her writing is phenomenal. Um, but she was that good and she had spent a significant amount of time on it before she decided to submit it to us, um, but had never let anyone else look at it. That doesn't happen very often. Sometimes we need that second set of eyes to say, hmm, there's a continuity issue here, or are you sure that that sounds like that? This person does not have to be a professional editor. I'm not saying that you need it professionally edited at this stage. You just need to have someone else read it. Now, there are amazing people in the world called beta readers, and typically they read your book as just readers. They're volunteer readers. They read your book and they catch things and they question things. They just read it as a reader. They don't usually correct grammar. They don't do things like that. And there are good beta readers and bad beta readers. Sometimes people are just are not going to give you the feedback you need, or they're going to mention something that you've already corrected or, you know, has come up in the book. But there's this huge value in getting a beta reader to read your book and give you some feedback. There are online groups of beta readers on places like Facebook that you can find um, and so use them as a tool to help your writing get better. They will give you feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. You still need the feedback. You need a second set of eyes or third or fourth set of eyes looking at your manuscript to be sure that you're not missing anything. Usually these are things like continuity issues, questions about, you know, how does the plot working or is this villain the right villain or did it seem believable and all of those kinds of questions you can ask. And you probably know where your weaknesses are in your manuscript. And so they can help you flesh those out. Often what we think of as weaknesses in our manuscript aren't actually weaknesses in our manuscript according to the readers who are reading them. And they may find a different weakness that we may have thought was a strength. So we have to be open to that kind of criticism. And when you are writing and becoming a writer and an author, you are automatically opening yourself up to criticism. If that's something that you have a hard time with, and I have said this many times before, if you have a really hard time with criticism or you want to take in everything that everyone says and it just weighs on you, then becoming an author is probably not the right career path for you because you do have to develop a relatively thick skin in this and realize that people are not critiquing you. They are critiquing your work, but it's important to kind of separate yourself between those two things. So when I give feedback to an author when I'm editing a manuscript, I don't say you. I will say your character or the character or the narrator or something to pull it off of the author because I'm really not criticizing the author. I'm trying to point out things in the work that I want them to pay attention to and make better and stronger. That's the whole goal. So definitely have a beta reader or someone else read the book. So you've self-edited, you've had a beta reader, you've made changes, that's more self-editing, you've done a couple of drafts, now you need to understand the different kinds of editors. And I talk about this in episode two, uh, where I go into kind of the details of the different types of editors. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already. And um, really take a listen to the types of editors and, and consider what you may need in terms of an editor. Do you just need a copy edit? Do you need a developmental edit? What do you think you might need in terms of an editor for your manuscript? 
it's that self-awareness is really, really important because you might go, I'm really bad at grammar, so I know I'm going to need a copy editor. And once you go to a publisher, they'll correct most of those things for you. But again, we've talked about it makes a much better impression if you've had your work edit professionally edited before you submit to a publisher. Now, sometimes that's a cost people just don't want to incur, and that's fine because it's going to be edited again. But it's just that extra polish that I think is helpful. So do without what you will. If you want to hire an editor, great. If you don't, that's fine too. But you do need to know the different kinds because when you go to be traditionally published and they say, oh, well, we want you to have a developmental edit first and then a copy edit, you're not going to have any idea what they're talking about if you don't know what the different types of editors are or it's going to our proofreader or what have you. This is just lingo and um, terminology that I want you to be familiar with before you submit to a publisher, if nothing else. So you've self-edited, you've had a beta reader read the manuscript, you know the different kinds of editors, you've been to writers' conferences, you have Jeff Herman's guide, you've Googled all of the things, you've made a spreadsheet of all of the people that you're going to be submitting your manuscript to, you've written a proposal perhaps, or you've written your query letter perhaps. All of these things, there's a lot of thought that's gone into your manuscript There's a lot of intention behind your manuscript and some introspection that's gone into it. That is the perfect time to submit it to an agent or a publisher. Don't second guess yourself. Don't waste too much time. Maybe you meet somebody at a conference and your book isn't quite finished and you haven't self-edited and you haven't had someone else read the manuscript, but they were super interested in what you had to say and they say, send it on over and you get home and you send it on over and then you read it to yourself after you've sent it and you go, I have all these typos and this doesn't make any sense. Do at least a self edit before you send it to them. Reread it one more time before you send it and that will give you some peace of mind and you'll probably find some things. In fact, I know you will and then send it to them. So just take a deep breath. If you meet people at these conferences You don't have to go through all of these steps necessarily. I think that it's just good practice in order to really polish and perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. We've talked about that. But to excel and have a good quality product. And as we know, I think that a book is a business. So you want to really have that polish on it before you send it to them. And then see where it goes. Just don't spend too much time second-guessing and editing before you send it to someone because, again, it will never be finished and you may spend all this time and effort on a book that your publisher then wants you to change for some reason. We already talked about that in terms of writing a proposal um, and seeing, you know, what your qualifications are and they may want to make some major changes to it. So all of those things are things to keep in mind. One more time, we're going to kind of go through this mini list that I have You are familiar with different publishers and agents. You've used some kind of resource, whatever that may be, to know who you want to send it to. Go ahead and make a list. If you like spreadsheets, make a spreadsheet. I love spreadsheets. So yes, I have spreadsheets of agents that I send things to. I have names, addresses. Um, I have names of people that I've met at writers' conferences that I could submit to, or even some, you know, friends that are agents that I can say, could you just take a look at this for me and make sure it makes sense? Um, and because we need that, we need to just step off away from it sometimes. So you've looked at the publishers and agents and the the places and people that are right for you, potentially things that you're feeling. And I would say have at least 10 of them go to a writer's conference or two, try to go to at least one a year. 
join some kind of professional writers organization association or society i'm a member of several different things um that are professional networks but i'm also a member of romance writers of america and the georgia writers association um, and the atlanta writers club because all of those things i attend events not only as an editor and someone that is in this industry, but also as an author. They have conferences and events that I want to attend as both of those things, um, since I have my feet in both, then I really get a lot out of it. I meet authors that might be interested in working with me or needing my help, and I'm able to look at it from an author perspective of, okay, how can I improve my writing with this? So writers' conferences, very important. Obviously, I have friends that are authors, Um, in all genres, not only authors that I've had as clients, but also other writers in my genre, which tends to be romance, but I've also written um, a nonfiction book on parenting. So I I have all of those people in my spheres of influence. Um, So then you've self-edited, you've had someone else beta read, and you understand the different types of editors and at least a little bit about the process of publishing. You've written your proposal or your query letter. You can even send me your query letter or your proposal, and I'll be happy to look over it for you to make sure you're not missing anything. And then you're ready to send it to a publisher. Now, again, this is going to vary for different people, and it's going to depend on the book that you're writing, the genre that you're in, and how many of these kinds of events you attend. You also want to keep an eye out for pitch things that happen. There's a huge um, community on Twitter and on Facebook, where you can do pitches for different types of books and different types of industries. So Twitter's a great place for authors, romance especially. Um, there's all kinds of pitches that happen. Mostly, there are a few that happen in February. Um, but you essentially pitch online, and you have an editor that will contact you and say, yes, you know, send me your manuscript by such and such a date. And there's usually rules and, and processes that you have to go through for that. But that's a great way to kind of practice your pitching and get used to these little elevator speeches that you need to work on in order to get your book out there. So it's, an, a, again, just a great way to practice. And if you have other people in your writing community that want to do it all together, it's even more fun. So, and it's a great way to cheer each other on. Uh, writers, I think, feel like they're in competition with one another a lot, even if they're in different genres, but really we shouldn't be. We should be really helping each other and lifting each other up because we all have different knowledge and experience to bring to the table. And I may meet an agent who's in nonfiction in technical manuals or something. And I have friends that write things like that. Um, and that's not useful to me, but I could say, Hey, you know what? I know someone that you really should talk to. And so we can all help each other. And I think if we foster that kind of a community, as writers and authors, then it will just make this much less daunting of a task and like less of an uphill battle. So that's what I have for you today. Are you ready to publish? Are you ready? Is there anything in here that I said that you need to consider more? Take out your writing journal, jot some things down, I hope that some people, or you maybe, take notes (laughs) during these podcasts or will plan to come back and listen to them because there's maybe some things that spark or ignite your ideas in your mind and you want to take it somewhere else. And I hope that that's true. And, And hopefully I'm giving you things to consider that you've never considered before. So writing is a journey. It's a process. It's so much fun. It can be whatever we make it. 
So I refuse to let this be a process that bogs me down. I want it to be something that uplifts me. And so my perspective on that has kind of helped me get through all kinds of rough patches with my writing um, and times where I want to just throw my laptop against the wall. So, um, and it's also really helped me meet other people and, and network with some amazing writers. I do want to say if you're in the Atlanta area, there is an, a couple of awesome events that I'm a part of. Um, there are a couple of awesome events that I'm a part of. Number one is called Wine and Words, and it takes place up in Dahlonega, Georgia, the beautiful mountains of North Georgia. And if you're a writer in the Atlanta area and you'd like to come out and do a reading and meet some readers and have a great glass of wine, check us out on Facebook, Wine and Words, and we go to Accent Cellars once a month and we feature two authors um, that are there. So if you have questions about that, email me info at carolinesmith.biz and I'll be happy to give you some more information and link you to the page. There's also a link to it on my Caroline Smith editor and author coach Facebook page as well. The other thing is that we are having a friend of mine um, who has a great business. She's a yoga instructor and also a um, nutritionist. We are doing a writer's workshop in Atlanta on April 14th. So if that's something that you'd be interested in being a part of, then again, shoot me an email. It's going to be meditation, yoga, um, great snacks to kind of help fuel the body and the mind and get us in the right frame of mind for writing. So if that's something that you'd like more details on, please shoot me an email, info at carolinesmith.biz. And if we're definitely going to be doing a big event for that in the fall. So if that's something that you'd like to be a part of, let me know and we'll get you on the email list for that so that you can join us there. Have a great rest of your day. We're going to have so much fun in the next couple of episodes too. We've got some different stuff for you that's, that is a little bit more fun, a little less challenging, and maybe even some guest people that are going to be coming on in the next few episodes too. So thank you again for listening. Have a great rest of your week and we'll write again soon. Thank you for listening to Inspiration to Publication with your host, Caroline Smith. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Inspiration to Publication online course. Loyal listeners can get $50 off by entering the code PODCAST. Find more information and the links to the course at carolinesmith.biz.